Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Celebration of the 10th anniversary, Disney's Frozen is coming to podcasting with a brand new story. The Frozen podcast features Anna. I want to know about that. Elsa. Makes perfect sense to me. Olaf. <laughs> I don't get it. And Kristoff. Are we going on another adventure? Oh, no. Of course. Experience Disney Frozen Forces of Nature. Available now on your favorite podcast app. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. All right, welcome in. Happy hump day. Happy midday. Happy midweek. Episode 661 of the show Shane and Jack with you here for the next couple of hours chock full as always priming you for some more Super Bowl stuff with Pat and the pulse two to four out of radio row bunches and bunches of audio for you from now until four o'clock but here's how you can be a part of this show or the pulse with Pat coming up a little later on first of all you can call us at 316-247, no, that's a text line, 316-669-4996. That's a hotline, 669-4996. Text us whenever you feel like it on the text line, 247-247-0923. That's text line. Uh, tell your smart speaker to play KKGQ 92.3. Stream the show. That's how a lot of you do it, and that's how all of you find podcasts, ESPNWichita.com. That's where you go for that. 92.3 FM in your car, on your radio, if you still got one of those around the house. Uh, tune in on your phone, ESPNWichita.com on your phone. A lot of people stream the show on their phone via the website. Follow us on X, be our friends on Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium studio it is February 7th. It is the 38th day of the year, 328 days left in 2024, and headed for a high of 58 degrees today here in Wichita. All right, that's how you can be a part of the show. Uh, before I let you know what's going to be in it, Jack's going to make us laugh. Moment of levity. Well, I wouldn't say I, I'm going to have a, a strong joke as I've had the last couple of Don't days. Don't qualify but... them. You never know. You just just out with it. We'll let you know. So uh, I did some baking yesterday, Shane. I, yeah. I made a, a rum and raisin cake that's gluten-free. It's also raisin-free and cake-free. So it's just rum. <laughs> See? I... You should never sell yourself short. That was funny. Good job. Today. 
Feb 7. It's National Girls and Women in Sports Day. More on that in 23 minutes. National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. National Send a Card to a Friend Day. National Periodic Table Day. Jack, in uh, science, or what would that have been? Uh, chemistry? You have to memorize the periodic table? Yeah. That was worthless, wasn't it? It was, and that was the only class I ever got a D in. Ooh. What's more worthless, advanced math or chemistry, unless you're actually going to be a chemist or a uh, pharmacist? Yeah, I was going to say advanced math could probably help you in a couple different fields. Maybe if you go into the financial field, bigger Bigger uh, a range there, broader yeah. range. I don't know anybody that really uses chemistry in today's world. Or, you know obviously, what? people use it, but that I know. Right. Like chemists and pharmacists. Um, you know what table salt is? Of course. What? No, the periodic table oh. part. <laughs> Not a clue. I told you, you know? I got a D. N-A-C-L? Like saying that sodium chloride? Is that what that is? I think so. Okay. Well. All right, tomorrow we got four days to tell you about, including a state day, neighboring Jack's state, kind of. Tell you more about that then. Uh, at 1817, Baltimore becomes the first American city to become lit with gaslight, market, and lemon streets back then, 1817. 1964. Probably should have included these guys in the bumper music today. They got nudged out. I'm just now kind of seeing it. But the Beatles invade the United States. Beatlemania began 1964 on Feb 7. And in 2021, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl, Sarah Thomas became the first woman to referee the Super Bowl. Born day, 1804, John Deere, blacksmith, manufacturer, etc., etc. I think you know the rest. Also, Charles Dickens, Laura Ingalls Wilder, Chris Rock, all born day today. More on some famous musicians and their finest work. Coming up here in just a little while. All right, so here's the show for you today. We've got uh, WSU and UTSA to get you ready for tonight. Give you a little sneak peek, some things you need to know ahead of the game at the Roundhouse. That's coming up at 6.30 tonight on the Plus. So we'll preview that here in just a second. And then we're going to have to juggle a little bit today, but uh, it'll be fine. Bear with us. We tried to get Kevin Saul director of athletics last week that was on friday if i'm not mistaken he was traveling with the men's basketball team so he was unavoidably detained at that particular time we couldn't get to him and so we have rescheduled him for today that will be 19 minutes from now so we'll talk to kevin saul and that'll come away at 12 25 a lot of stuff to ask him about from the last time we visited we move the Super Bowl memory lane, Super Bowl review talk, courtesy of Mid-America Exterior, to 1245. 
So we'll move them back just a little bit. We'll get to them, and we will talk about the Super Bowl in 2010 on this day, the 14-year anniversary of Super Bowl XLIV. That was the Saints and the Colts at Miami Garden. So we'll talk about that, and then we'll mix in uh, the movie tournament, movies that wouldn't be made today, round three. We may move that to the 1 o'clock hour, and we may couple that with Patrick Mahomes' audio. That courtesy of Davis Liquor Outlet and Schofield Honda. So that'll come your way for sure, the Mahomes' audio, at 1 o'clock. And we'll mix in the movie tournament round three question at ESPN Wichita somewhere between 1245 and 1.05, somewhere in there. But it's already up, so if you're on Twitter or X, you don't need to wait for me to tell you what it is. It's up, so go vote and repost. And we're also going to salvage, did you see that? Which is normally an hour one on Wednesday. But uh, we'll move it back. We'll get to it, though. And it's a, uh, I'm sure you've heard about it by now, but it involves a USC women's basketball player from last week. That's my did you see that. So we'll get to that at 125. And in the meantime, we'll take your texts. We'll read them and read them on the air if you are following along with the topic or it's somewhat topical. It has to do with the Super Bowl. We'll probably get to that. Uh, two, uh, 316-247-0923. So there you go. There's your show. And, of course, we'll have Amal Jack Young at the end. Uh, Feb 7, and then hand you off to the Pulse and Pat from Radio Row in Las Vegas, his week-long trek throughout uh, downtown Las Vegas continues, and he'll come your way at 2 o'clock from 2 to 4 with all kinds of audio, all kinds of sound from Vegas with the Chiefs, uh, with Andy Reid, who spoke today, in addition to our very own Patrick Mahomes. Thank you, Davis Liquor Outlet, Schofield Honda. We'll hear from him. And I'm sure uh, sure Pat will let you hear from Andy, who talked earlier today, too. So there's your show. Kevin Saul, Hour 1. Did you see that? And Mahomes Audio, Hour 2. And your texts throughout. Tonight, Charles Cocarina. Got Shocker Basketball for you. And it's uh, one of the newcomers to the American, the UTSA Roadrunners, a not terribly different team from Wichita State in that they've been a little hard luck. They are a high-scoring UTSA team and a team that has a hard time stopping the other guy. So maybe, just maybe, that's good news for Wichita State, getting them at home. And I believe the only meeting between the two in the regular year. Pretty sure that WSU doesn't go to San Antonio. But it's a two and seven team against a one and eight team. And you got Wichita State, of course, with back to back really hard luck losses. And you got a UTSA team that actually shares at least one game kind of theme in common with the Shockers. They both, both teams went to Memphis. And scared the daylights out of the Tigers before losing. UTSA took them to overtime. 
and Wichita State came within an eyelash doing the same thing. But the Roadrunners are 2-7 and seven in conference play, and five of those losses have come by single digits, including two in overtime. They are 2-8 and eight away from home, 1-3 and three in conference road games. And so this one tonight figures to be, at least on paper, uh, high scoring because the adjusted defense, according to Ken Palm, for UTSA is 352. That's not very good if you like defense. If you like offense, uh, tune in, 630 on the plus. And, of course, you got UTSA with some Kansas ties because Steve Henson is their coach. And if you're of a certain age, you remember him all the way back leading K-State in scoring in his final two years as a player. And then, of course, his relationship with uh, Lon Kruger at OU. He was an assistant for quite a while at OU. And... As recently as 2017-18, he was Conference USA Coach of the Year. That was his second year there, then. Currently, UTSA 8-14 and and 2-7 and in the league. Uh, Henson, if you didn't know, you young whippersnappers, all-conference, and he's playing days at K-State, averaged 18.5 and 17.5 in his last two seasons there, and he was an absolute dead-eye shooter three of the top four single season free throw percentages in school history including leading the ncaa at 92 and a half percent as a sophomore and 92 percent as a junior still holds the all-time k-state records for assists assists per game free throw percentage minutes played minutes per game starts yada 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 anyway getting back to utsa though they were picked to finish last in their first season in the American by the league's coaches. And there's one guy, if you're going to track this game, if you're going to go to the game, Jordan Ivy Curry. That's a hyphenated last name for UTSA. He's played in 12 games, and his first one was on December 17th. So he's got a little uh, Bijan Cortez, Ronnie DeGray III in him that he was with the team but didn't play every game. He's played in 12 games since middle of December. Hasn't started any of them, but he shoots 39% from three, 85.5% from the line, and he's a bucket. So it ought to be fun, and I don't know if they'll necessarily be matched up with one another, but Jordan Ivy Curry and Colby Rogers should be worth the price of admission. Ivy Curry's averaging almost 19 points a game, and he hasn't made one start yet. Again, 39% from three, 85.5% from the line. Christian Tucker, 12.5 points per and leading the league in assists at nearly six per. And you got a K-State transfer in there too. Carlton Lingard Jr., 10.5, six rebounds a game. It's a team that gets up and down, and they bomb threes. Also, there's a UCF transfer in there that you probably won't recognize because he didn't play much, if at all, against Wichita State. His name's Dre Fuller Jr. He's attempted 114 threes. As a team, UTSA leads the American in attempts per game 
at 29. They make 10 per game. That's also best in the conference and top 20 in the NCAA. They make 10 threes a game. And thanks in large part to Ivy Curry, they lead the conference in bench points per game at 31 and a half. That's 11th in the NCAA and rebounds per game. Uh, so two teams that are pretty good at rebounding. One team that's really good at shooting volume threes against a team in Wichita State that generally doesn't. But save for Colby Rogers, obviously, he's a sniper. He's made a three-pointer in all 22 of his games and multiple in 17 of the 22 and leads the American in three-point field goals made per game and three-point percentage. Rogers' three-point percentage is almost 40% from long range. Those 22 straight games have made three, six longest in school history. So there's a little uh, preview of the game tonight. Again, Charles Coke Arena at 6.30 ESPN+. Plus. Third all-time meeting between the two schools. Obviously the first in conference play. Series dates back to 1998 in the Maurice Evans-Jason Perez era. And Randy Burns and that bunch played at UTSA back in the day, along with Jamar Howard, Sean O'Geary, and those guys. They've only played twice and not since the late 90s. But should be, at least on paper, don't uh, hold me to this, but if I'm right, you can. Uh, should be an up-and-down game with a lot of shots and potentially a lot of points. you got a team that's one of the most frisky when it comes to shooting threes in the country and leading the league in attempts and makes. And again, probably should have beaten Memphis at their place, although Wichita State can now say that too. But got a team that shoots a bunch of threes but doesn't play or win necessarily very often on the road against a team that really needs one in Wichita State. They've let two separate double-digit leads in second halves on the road get away, and they're back at home for the first of two at the roundhouse starting tonight. One thing, too, I think uh, to point out, in addition to Colby Rogers and his streak that's worth watching shooting threes is Quincy Ballard. He's a guy that barely played last year due to injuries. I think he only played without looking. I think he only played 10 games. Um, but he's now 32 games into his shocker career after knock on wood being healthy so far this year, 32 games. He's blocked 64 shots this year. He's got 50 that makes him 15th in the country with 50 block shots. And his 2.3 per lands him in the top 17. And he's got multiple block shots in all but six games this season. So good for Quincy Ballard, not only to be healthy enough to play, but to be a real force in the pick and roll game, especially with Bijan Cortez. Those guys seem to have a thing uh, with the high screen and roll. And in his last 11 games, he's barely missed from the floor. Not dunking everything, but shooting more uh, than he did the first 10 games of the season or so. 
But he's over 77% in his last 11 games. Quincy Ballard, not only being able to stay on the floor, but being productive when he's out there. He's an eraser back there and really good around the rim. Far cry from last year when he was oft injured. Beyond tonight at 6.30. By the way, that's uh, ESPN Wichita's game. So if you're in the arena and you see us down there, wave at us. We'll have a table for you on the concourse, and a couple of our dudes will be down there after the first media timeout to wave at you. So wave at us back. And beyond that, though, Super Bowl Sunday, early, 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 it'll be Florida Atlantic coming to town. FAU ranked in the top 25 in the AP and USA Today coaches polls. Florida Atlantic winning the first meeting this year down in Boca. This will be the third all-time game between the Shockers and the Owls. And it'll lead you into Super Bowl. So hope to see you out there tonight. As Shockers and UTSA do battle 6.30. Opening tap ESPN+. Plus. All right, on the other side, speaking of the Shockers, we'll talk to WSU AD Kevin Saul. He's scheduled to join on the other side of this break. And then beyond that, we will talk about uh, the Super Bowl in 2010 between the Colts and the Saints. It's our Super Bowl stroll down memory lane brought to you by Mid-America Exteriors. So we'll talk about that at 1245 or so. Yes, texter. Steve Henson, former McPherson Bullpup. That's right. Uh, and another texter says, I'll be watching you on TV. Thanks. I'll wave at you, texter. Uh, so Super Bowl talk at 1245-ish. And then we'll mix in the movie Twitter tournament slash Mahomes audio slash did you see that? That'll all come your way after Kevin Saul on the other side of this break. And then I'm old Jack Young, February 7th. And we'll get you ready for Radio Row and the Pulse with Pat from 2 to 4. Beyond that, we'll have our KCAC action tonight at 6 o'clock from Ottawa, uh, Kansas, not Canada. Friends in Ottawa, starting with coverage at 6 o'clock. Chance Lebo will have you covered for your KCAC action and what might be a high-scoring game there as well. So Friends in Ottawa coming your way at 6 o'clock right here on ESPN Wichita 92.3. FM. All right, Jack, uh, let's get out of here. When we come back, let's catch up with WSU AD Kevin Saul. That's coming your way next. It's 1221. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Decided it's time to start saving for your children's college education, but not sure where to start? Let me, Pete Anderson, investment advisor representative at Vantage Point Financial Group help. I'll explain Tax Advantage College 529 savings plans and other options to find the right fit for your family. Find me online at vpfgroup.com or just text 316-333-7530. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Osaic Wealth Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Osaic Wealth is separately owned and other entities, intermarketing marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent 
of Mosaic Wealth. Want a Valentine's Day that'll rock your world? Head to Rock and Bruce Casino Bremen, where love and luck meet. Stop in for Rock and Bruce Casino's Dinner for Two. Juicy ribeyes, snow crabs, potato salad, and New York cheesecake. All for $60 from 3 to 9 p.m. only on February 14th. But the love doesn't stop there. Win big, rock out, and have fun. Your love story is waiting at Rock and Bruce Casino Bremen. Off I-35 at exit 231. Short drive, big wins. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Blake Davis with a great deal on most wanted vodka, 1.75 liters, just $18.99. And if you're looking for a great wine, Joel Gott 815 Cab, 750 ml, only $13.99. Davis Liquor Outlet. Each store independently owned and operated. Neighborhood locations with superstore pricing. This segment is brought to you by KDOT. As your speedometer creeps up, so does your risk of crashing. Don't try to save time speeding. Save a heartbreak by driving safely and make it there in one piece. Are you embarrassed to host a party for the big game on Sunday at your place because your home is outdated? Do you want to remodel your home because you don't know where to start? I'm Christian Robb from Pinnacle Homes. We offer a unique design and home remodeling process that will turn your home into a space you're proud of. Are you ready to get started? Go to our website at remodelerswichita.com and book a consultation today. Be prepared to host the next big game today. It's time that you love your home again. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM is broadcasting live from Super Bowl Radio Row in Las Vegas. We'll be interviewing the biggest names in sports and entertainment, plus interviews with your favorite Kansas City Chiefs players and coaches. Super Bowl Radio Row coverage on ESPN Wichita is brought to you by Davis Liquor Outlet, neighborhood locations with superstore prices, and by Pinnacle Homes, building your trust. Visit them at RemodelersWichita.com. I spent last night in the arms of a girl in 24. Happy birthday to Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks, 62 today. That's Colin Baton Rouge. Shane Dennis Show here on a Wednesday. And we're joined on Hotline right now with guy that's been busy and a guy that we've got a lot to talk about with, WSU AD Kevin Saul joining us. Kevin, greetings. How are you? I'm well, Shane. How are you? How in the world is Garth Brooks 62 years old? I know. it. Things are getting away from us, aren't they? The great, <laughs> crazy. great Garth Brooks is 62. Still looks good, though. Yeah. Still, still heartbroken out. to hear about Toby Keith uh, yesterday. No kidding. Uh, we were all talking uh, about that old and young around here at the station. I think Toby Keith uh, affected everybody pretty evenly, and that is everybody was uh, was stunned to hear that and sorry to see him go. He was the rare type of guy that seemingly everybody liked, right? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so a lot to get to with you from the last time we talked, and we'll start with uh, the men's basketball program. Of course, they're in action tonight against UTSA. I previewed that just a second ago. But since we visited, the Shocker men have had to endure the trip to Tulsa, the trip to Memphis, and now looking to get right against UTSA. Uh, No loss is easy to take, I'm sure, for the coaches and the players and fans alike, but the way Wichita State wasn't able to hold on at Tulsa or at Memphis made those uh, even more painful, and I know you were there for both. Uh, what were your takeaways from those two uh, gut punches? Yeah, I think the takeaway is, and Shane, we can get as, as deep as you want into the, the statistics of things that, that probably will 
will point towards some of the contributing factors. But at the end of the day, uh, those results are symptoms of other other areas of concern, whether that's um, the, the, the quality of rebound team, rebounding team that we can be, whether that's um, whether we're grabbing loose balls, how are we shooting from the free throw line. There's so many things that go into that. At the end of the day, uh, you may have heard Paul say a couple couple weeks ago the the NCAA keeps a stat called after timeouts, basically a measure of uh, team productivity after timeouts, after the you know uh, the beginning of the game, after halftime. So it's like when you have the time to gather as a group and and strategize and script some things out. How do you perform? And we were I think fifth in the country at that point in time. I think where we have struggled consistently this season is. When the opponent makes the run, uh, you're up 15 at Tulsa, you're up 14 at Memphis, and the opponent brings it down to six or five. Um, who are those individuals that want the ball, that, that, that are going to uh, go get the bucket? Uh, which one is going to be the guard that, that uh, takes care of the ball and, and is able to lock a game down when you're, when you're up six with four minutes to go? Um, we're trying to develop that uh, on our club. At the end of the day, I think, uh, Shane, I, I, I think it could almost be universally said, if you've watched the Shockers throughout the year, we, we have played 32 to 33 minutes very, very consistently throughout the year uh, really well. And uh, it's really like in golf you hear about, it's not how good your good shots are, it's how good your bad shots are. Yeah. It, it's really for us is how good are those, those five or six minutes um, when it feels like it's going south, and how how can we stop that through an extra effort play, diving for fifty fifty balls, grabbing the rebound, making a really really smart basketball play, um, those types of things. Uh, this is probably a longer answer than than you right. reckon for Shane, but um, I was really really curious. I have been the last three or four games because, as somebody that's at practices, um, as somebody that travels with the team, and I've been doing this for twenty five years. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like we're that far off, and I don't want to be the cliche guy here either. And so I wanted to, to look at the numbers and try and understand is that accurate that we're not that far off. So I, I looked at basic scoring scoring margins uh, throughout the entire season. So we looked at uh, like first halves, what are our opponents scoring versus what we've scored, and over 22 games, we're plus 1.45 on our on our uh, opponent in the first half. When you look at the second half, we're negative 2.45. So obviously that's a significant concern there when you start to to look at these macro averages. But at the end of the day, over 22 games, the game margin basically we're up 1.45 in the first half and we're down 2.45 in the second half. It's a difference of one point. Yeah. Averaged over 22 games. Well, what's one point, right? There's a... a, um, uh, 19 point loss to Kansas and there's a 19 point win against St. Louis, right? So those things balance mm-hmm. each other out and you can tend to lose details in these macro averages. But at the end of the day, we're talking about points here. Um, and whether you can keep your opponent from scoring them or you can score yourself. And so when we average in 44 halves, we're averaging 36.2 points per half. And our opponent is at 36.7. We're talking about a half a point a half. Um, yeah. and so you can, you can do the math on what that means. You know, turnovers are points. Uh, loose ball, uh, uh rebounds are points. 
uh, mental mistakes are points. And so you, t- you hear Paul talk all the time about cleaning those things up, um, and we will. Uh, we've got to figure out how to be a more productive team in the second half than we are in the first. You know, typically you'll see nationwide that uh, teams score anywhere between four and six points more in the second half than they do in the first. And that's the case. Our opponents are 4.77 more in the second half than they are in the first. Unfortunately, we're only 0.87 more in the second half than we are in the first. So a lot of numbers, Shane, but at the end of the day, it boils down to how good can the five to six minutes that we're struggling, how good can those minutes be? Well, I'm kind of glad you brought that up, actually, because uh, not that um, coaches in the past got caught up in coach speak, but some do. Um, but, uh, first of all, Paul Mills doesn't seem like he gets caught up in that, up in that at all. He answers questions very candidly and very honestly. And he said the same thing. I don't know if it was in his last, um, trip to the podium for the Wichita media or the second to last, but somewhat recently he said basically what you said, Kevin, is we're close when it comes to being able to close out those games. And because of his past history, when he gets up there and, and talks to us, that uh, the Shocker fans ought to believe him. So his his ideology kind of aligns with yours, and I would think that would be good news heading down the stretch for Shocker fans. It, it is, and I'll share a few more things if I can, because I know a lot of folks are, are are anxious about where we are and where we're headed and all those things. I think that's, that's really important, and it should be. Uh, if you look at the first nine games of league play, uh, they rank strength of schedule amongst teams within our league. We're first in the league strength of schedule. So obviously the, the strength of our league schedule is front-loaded in the first nine games. Um, our last nine games will rank 12th in the league. And so when you compare that gap of first in the league to 12th of the league nationally, we're second in the country in terms of that disparaging gap between the first half of your league play and the second half of your league play. So that stands to reason we've got an opportunity to make some hay um, here in the second half and, and certainly think that that piece is really important. Shane, I had a, a, a mentor of mine from, from way back that, that, that told me there's really three types of winning. Understanding how to win as a unit um, and how to close out games is the first type of winning. And each one of these types comes with different, I think there's different psychological components. There's different physical components to them. Um, there's different variables at play. The second one is how to sustain winning. Once you win, how do you sustain winning? How do you, how do you retain the lessons that you learned that led to an SMU win that can lead to future wins? How do you make it a building and a growing process? And then the last one is, is winning when you're expected to win. All three yeah. of those have different variables, and it's a different learning process. And I don't want to overcomplicate it, but for mm-hmm. 18 to 22 years, years, year olds, there are different elements at play with each one of those types of winning. Kevin Saul, WSUAD, joining us here today on the show, Shockers and UTSA tonight at 6.30. It's kind of a, an interesting cl- uh, confluence of things on February 7th, number one. It's National Girl and Women in Sports Day. I know that affects you and your family. I'll let you speak to that in a second. Yeah. But uh, it's also Fight for Literacy Night at, uh, at the arena tonight for the Shockers and UTSA. First of all, you mentioned in a tweet that uh, NGWIS Day is near and dear to your heart. Besides the obvious, you're, you're an AD. Obviously, you're going to be around <laughs> a bunch. But uh, beyond that, what does it mean to you? Uh, it means the world to me because I have... Uh, I'm the youngest of three. I have two older sisters. One competed uh, in high school, and then I had another sister that competed in softball and, 
in college. Um, obviously, I was a student athlete and, and got to know so many great uh, female teammates. My wife was a student athlete, ran cross country at Emporia. And so I think it's um, uh, we talk about development of young people and, and developing leaders of character and competence and consequence, not just for athletics, but for life. And I think today is a day to, to celebrate. We are, uh, we've launched a, a giving campaign that will go over the next seven to ten days that basically is for her, for the female student athlete. Um, and we're asking folks to consider giving there so that we can apply resources in a unique way to uh, the women in our program. And, and in 25 years in athletics, I've, I've been blessed to be a part of programs that have heavily invested on the women's side, um, and we will continue, obviously, to do that here at Wichita State. So our investments in University Stadium, Cessna Stadium, Wilkins Stadium, those are all uh, an effort to improve all of our programs, uh, but also to give everyone within our program a, a, a great opportunity to be successful and to develop. So it's important to me personally, and it's important to me professionally. And beyond that, you have teamed up with United Way of the Plains in some ways in a fight for literacy. Tell us about that campaign. Yeah, so uh, the United Way and um, uh, Coaching for Literacy really came together last year. It's been something that really has gone on for quite some time. Last year we had some wild success with it. We raised uh, about $28,000, $29,000. We raised more than anybody in the country. Um, obviously, we're working towards that goal this year, uh, but I love the initiative, number one, because I think literacy and education are, are, are the keys to life. Uh, they open up so many doors uh, for so many people, and I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we contribute to that. So it's an opportunity to pour into that, number one. Number two, uh, United Way is a partner that uh, affiliates with, I think, 80 different nonprofit service organizations throughout the community of Wichita. And so... Project Teacher and United Way are involved in it. Terry Johnson has done an awesome job on Project Teacher. I'll walk you through the deal, Shane. Last year, the, the proceeds paid for, uh, I think, a little over 6,000 books that were distributed to uh, elementary school students in 14 Title I uh, elementary schools in Wichita, many of which are in our Shocker neighborhood around, around our campus. And so that gave our coaches and student athletes and staff and administrators an opportunity to go into schools and read these books um, and walk through the program with, with the students in our neighborhoods, which was just absolutely awesome to spend that time doing that. Well, Project Teacher came in after that whole initiative was done, and they say, hey, we're going to double down, and we're going to donate another $10,000 worth of books. Or, excuse me, it was 10,000 books. Hmm. Um, and so they donated another 10,000 books to USD 259 as well. And, and obviously there's a massive effort on the distribution side there. So this is one of those things that I think one plus one equals three. And as folks get involved, they'll see second, third order effects. And, and you like to see the ripples, but it gives our young people an opportunity to get into schools and spend time with young people and be an inspiration to them. Director of Athletics, Wichita State, Kevin Saul, joining us here on a Wednesday. Again, Wichita State men tonight against UTSA, 6.30, the opening tap, ESPN+. Plus. If you can't make it out there, uh, we will be out there for sure as the Roadrunners and Shockers do battle tonight at 6.30. Um, a bit of news that came out um, about uh, maybe a week or two ago uh, that maybe uh, some of the track and field fans – would like to know about, and that's the very latest with Cessna Stadium. What's going on there? There was a, 
statement that was issued back on the 25th. Maybe you can shed some more light on it if, for those that sure. uh, drive by 21st Street uh, that wants to know what's going on with the uh, with Cessna Stadium. What's the latest? Sure. Absolutely. Be glad to jump into that. I think what's interesting, Shane, and you know how transparent I, I am. I'm, I probably say too much at times, but uh, there's no hidden agenda here. At the end of the day, we, we initiated the university stadium bid uh, process using a system that's called design bid build for building uh, facilities. And that system resulted in uh, one response uh, to, uh, to bid for the project. And you know, if you, if you study basic economics, one response is not helpful in terms of competitive pricing. And so at the end of the day, based on the condensed timeline and the, and the, the, the lack of competitive pricing, uh, we chose to respectfully appreciative of the, of the respondent that, uh, spent a lot of time putting that bid together, but we chose to, uh, reject that bid and switch to a construction manager at risk model, which not only, um, achieves, uh, competitive pricing at the construction manager level, but it also does at the subcontractor level as well within the, the each of the 20 plus bid packages within the construction. So at the end of the day, that's a long way of saying uh, we're switching up the model to get more competitive pricing so that uh, we can ensure that um, that we're using dollars as efficiently and as effectively as we can and being good stewards of those finances. Um, and, and it gives us an opportunity also to um, loosen the, the, the time constraint, which was a source for the significant cost in the original build. Um, so we'll begin right after uh, State High School Track of 24. Um, we'll get the construction managing management group on this spring. Uh, they'll finalize design, and then we should be ready to go uh, to start getting into the ground this summer, early fall. And it'll give us an opportunity, I think, Shane, to catch up a little bit, too, because we can probably look at doing some of both the east side and the event level between State High School track of 24 and 25. So we will get caught back up on that piece. Uh, we just felt like the responsible, fiscally responsible decision was to uh, take a step back and, and, and rebid the, the project under a different model. I know in your role uh, you'd like to be many places at once, especially when the uh... – the uh, athletic years going on with basketball, women's basketball, and other sports, but it's about to get even more busy with softball right around the corner and shortly after that, uh, baseball. So uh, how do you plan to uh, – who, actually, who's your travel agent? Maybe I should ask you that because you, you want to be many places in many different areas uh, come, what, February 15th and beyond right. all the way through May, well, right? Yeah, well, I'm I'm my travel agent, so uh, <laughs> unfortunately we can't we can't be two places at once because I I, I want to be around our student athletes and our coaches wherever they're competing. So, um, like our men's golf team right now is in Mexico. That probably would have been a good trip for mm-hmm. uh, for for somebody to be on. But we've got a lot of things going on here in Wichita and supporting other programs. Softball here in a couple weeks. They're going to go down to uh, Huntsville, Texas this week, and then they go to. Um, Mexico the next week, um, and we'll have a sport administrator going there. And that's the beauty of our sport administrator um, system, Shane, is we've got five or six folks that are senior leaders in our department that are assigned as day-to-day administrators that can do some of those day-to-day things and travel with our teams and uh, to make sure that we give the service that we want to give to our coaches and our student-athletes. But obviously we're going to continue supporting uh, Coach Nooner, Coach Mills, um, softball, baseball get underway, 
uh, with some really competitive and entertaining non-conference schedules. We'll have some exciting news about baseball and the outfield coming out here late this week. Um, so we got a lot of really good things going on and, and obviously wish we could be in a bunch of different places at once to support our young people. It's a good problem to have. WSU AD sure. Kevin Saul joining us. Uh, it's 1242 here on a Wednesday. Kevin, thanks so much. Good catching up. Good information. We'll see you tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Shane. I appreciate the time on the show, and go Shockers. All right. Kevin Saul, WSU AD joining us here on a Wednesday. All right, coming up next, we need to mix in uh, the movie Twitter tournament that has continued. It's round three right now. What movie would they not make nowadays? Uh, round three. And also we're going to mix in some Super Bowl talk from yesteryear. The Super Bowl in 2010 that occurred on this day at Miami Gardens. It was the Saints over the Colts. We'll tell you about that. Here's some historic audio. Mix all that in next. 1243. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Beware of the fog. You're a Swiss from the right wing. The Kansas Jayhawks hit the hardwood every game right here. Wow! What ball movement! They share it and they throw it down. There's nothing like Kansas basketball. A big time slam. Be a part of the journey all season long on your home for Kansas Jayhawk basketball. Saturday, the Jayhawks return home to take on Baylor. Coverage begins at 5 on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual 
unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. No longer with us. The one album that Mark St. John was the lead guitarist for Kiss. This is Heaven's on Fire. R.I.P. Mark St. John, born on this day. Guitarist for Kiss for about five minutes. All right, time now for maybe a couple of different things, maybe only one thing. It's our stroll down Super Bowl memory lane as we get closer to the Chiefs and 49ers. It's brought to you by Mid-America Exteriors, your local experts in siding, windows, bathrooms, and more. Save time and money when it comes to your next home upgrade. First of all, Jack, 2010, how old were you? Nine? Um, No, I was, let's see, if that would have been, I would have been turning 11 that March. What do you remember about that Miami Gardens Super Bowl between the Saints and Colts in the rain? Anything? Uh, a lot. I remember being at a watch party for that. I remember Tracy Porter. I remember the onside kick. And I remember one of my – the only reason I remember it a lot is because uh, one of my childhood buddies uh, like fell in love with the Saints during that time period. Uh, Reggie Bush, Drew Brees, mm-hmm. Tracy Porter. Yep. I even remember he always would draft Garrett Hartley, their kicker to the ah, fantasy team. Nice. So, yes. um, yeah, the Saints, for some reason in my childhood, became a very big deal around that time period because they were very easy to root for back then until, of course, the, the bounty gate came out. That's a very good uh, couple of spoilers by you um, because if you've forgotten, the two-star running backs, if you take Reggie Bush out of there because he was kind of a part-timer, Pierre Thomas, Joseph Adai. You had Pierre Garçon, who we'll hear from here in just a second. So you got the touchdown scoring started on a pass from Peyton Manning. Speaking of Peyton Manning, he was one of two future Hall of Famers that were featured in that game, the other being Bill Polian, front office guy for the the Colts. But it was a game uh, that Indy got out 10 nothing. And then had to, well, they stalled out, had to settle for some field goals in there as well. And finally, New Orleans got going, but it took until the third quarter. The aforementioned Garrett Hartley kicked a couple of second-quarter field goals. Uh, that was after Indy got out 10 nothing in the first quarter. It was... Uh, Played at Sun Life Stadium, which is now Hard Rock Stadium. Um, And for the fifth time at that venue, and in South Florida for the tenth time, of course, when you factor in the now no longer with us Orange Bowl, and it was the latest calendar date for a Super Bowl until Super Bowl LVI. By the way, had a couple other Super Bowls to pick from. 
Denver and Carolina, Super Bowl 50, and then, of course, the Tampa Bay 31-9 game, so we didn't need to necessarily relive those, or that one anyway. Jack, I'm putting you on the spot here. Is there a more forgettable game than Denver and Carolina? I, I, if I had to list Super Bowls, I'd probably have left that one out. I, that's somehow been blocked from my memory. Yeah, that was a really boring game because, you know, that was Peyton Manning's last game, I believe, and I think he threw the ball like 20 times. <laughs> he yeah. was like and 9 Cam of 20. Newton, Cam Newton was in that game. Yes. Wasn't that the one where he failed to jump on his fumble? He didn't jump on the ball. I would say that's uh-huh. the, the thing I remember the most is that it was the inevitable end of Cam Newton's career. I mean, we're talking MVP, and at that point, <laughs> I can't believe I'm even saying this, Panthers were, I think, 18-1. and one. Or seventeen yeah, and one. That's right. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, we're talking nearly what the the Patriots did uh, back when they were undefeated going into the Super Bowl. I mean, that Carolina team was really good, and Cam Newton was really good, and he was a, the talk of the NFL. But that Denver defense, which was so scary and so good, uh, just shut them down completely. And that's the last time we ever really heard anything from the Carolina Panthers. Well, it's not the last time we heard from Cam Newton because he had thoughts on Brock Purdy this past week, but. Uh, let's not get bogged down in that. All right, so it was a kind of a pedestrian start to the game. There was a field goal by Matt Stover, by the way. You thought Adam Vinatieri kicked for the Colts forever and ever from the time they were in Baltimore until now, but not not true. Matt Stover, who was the oldest uh, player in that game, kicked a uh, an early field goal in the first quarter. And then, as we'll hear from Jim Nance here, uh, the Colts struck for the first touchdown that put the Indianapolis Colts up by a score of 10 to nothing. Here's how it sounded with Phil Sims as the color analyst and our old friend Jim Nance doing the play-by-play. The Saints make a lot of mistakes that way. The third down play, Manning's going to the end zone, and the ball is caught. Touchdown, Indianapolis. Pierre Garçon. After that, there was a really impressive and important goal line stand mixed in there by the the Colts as the Saints got down, I think, to about the two-yard line, give or take, and went for it, didn't make it, then had to settle for a Garrett Hartley field goal. He kicked one pretty much right before the gun, so that made it 10 to, se- uh, 10 to 6 at halftime. And by then, it started raining a little bit, as I recall. And in the third quarter, the Saints were due to kick off to the Colts. And Sean Payton made the call of the game as he asked Thomas Morstead to surprise everybody to begin the third quarter. Here's how that kickoff sounded. The Colts to receive and the Saints to kick it off in the third quarter. And then after that, they went down the field and the aforementioned Pierre Thomas got involved first and 10 on the 19. Here's how that touchdown plays out. Indianapolis 16. Set up screen to Thomas. Inside the 10, Thomas weaving at the 5, and he's in, and the Saints have taken the lead. 
the Super Bowl. So then it was up to, of course, the Colts to answer. They did. They got a four-yard touchdown run from Joseph Adai. That made it 17-13. to 13. And who knew that that would be it for the Indianapolis Colts as far as scoring is concerned. But still plenty of excitement left in that one. This was one of three catches that Jeremy Shockey made. Remember him? It was second and goal at the two with 542 left in the game. And the Colts were leading 17 to 13. Closer in the second quarter, second and goal. This time they've got the catch and the touchdown. Jeremy Shockey has a Super Bowl catch and a score, and the Saints have the lead. And they'll go for two right here. Bush in the backfield. Roll out breeze. Pass. Oh, almost caught. He bobbled it. It was Lance Moore. You must hold on. If you go to the ground to catch the football, when you're going down, you must hold on. But this could be a touchdown, and I'm going to just tell you the truth, or two-point conversion, I should say, because he gets possession in his second act. Since it's a second act to reach over the goal line and has possession, that might overrule the fact that he lost it once he's hit. After reviewing the play, the receiver had possession of the ball with, with the uh, ball breaking the plane of the goal line. The points are good. Wow. Two-point conversion. New Orleans is not charged with a timeout. The Saints up seven. And so now we had the drive of the game for Peyton Manning and the Colts. Here's how that's down. Can't ask for any more time than that. Garcon comes back to make the catch. Do that here. Garcon on the slant and stays on his feet. You're a first. There's Wayne. Watchers in front. Trying to cut outside. And he's got another Colts first down at the 36. If I was the New Orleans Saints, I would not blitz him. I would put the extra guys in coverage. Picked up. Look out. Gets past Manning. And it's Tracy Porter taking it all the way. Touchdown, New Orleans. Favorite play. The outside receiver. Oh, he's coming under. The timing was not there. And Tracy Porter, the quickest, fastest defensive back. I don't know your your knowledge, uh, 11-year-old Jack, of Peyton Manning then, but knowing you like like I think I do, that you were a uh, football nut, you probably couldn't believe what you were seeing, that Peyton Manning – Threw a pick six to Terry Por- uh to uh what's his name Porter Tracy Porter yeah Tracy Porter yeah yeah um well I can't say that I was disappointed because I loved <laughs> seeing Peyton Manning's demise I mean Peyton Manning tortured me as a child uh, for <laughs> I don't know ten years I mean every time the Chiefs were in the playoffs they ran into Indianapolis and played the Colts and then of course not long after this he goes yeah. to Denver of yeah. course of all teams and continues to to beat up on the Chiefs so. Uh, yeah, I was 100% rooting for New Orleans in that Super Bowl. 
I loved seeing Peyton Manning throw that interception. But I will say this. After his playing days, I really never thought I would like him as much as I do now. I mean, really humorous guy, a really well-liked guy, very personable. But back then, man, yeah, I I was not a fan of Peyton Manning. I did not like the Colts at all. I know Chance Lebo's not going to like to hear that, but I have reason to. That was a, a fan base. That was a, a team, a quarterback that just relentlessly tortured Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs and their fans yeah. for so many postseason games and just regular season games at that. I mean, I can bring up numerous games in the playoffs, the no-punt game. Uh, of course, I wasn't around for the Lynn Elliott game, but it was always told to me when I was little. Mm-hmm. I remember the game where Lawrence Tynes missed like a 20-yard field goal and they got blasted and Trenton Green, I think, got hurt or got benched and Damon Heward came in in 2006. But uh, this one to me was was kind of satisfying to see Peyton Manning not win another Super Bowl because I remember also the one where they beat the Bears and Lovey Smith and yeah. uh, Rex Grossman in the Super Bowl. So I didn't that's want right. them to, to beat this New Orleans team that I suddenly had found rooting interest in. And I think that's actually the rain game down there. That was the Bears game and not the Saints game. But anyway, uh, Manning had a chance on fourth and goal at five to put a cosmetic touchdown up there and uh, failed to do even that. Fourth and goal. Manning. Incomplete. The Saints are going to do it. Trying to hit Reggie Wayne. McGee, and he kept the coach offense off the field. Mr. Benson, their owner since 1985 in his 25th year. The one who hired Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton signed Drew Brees. Brees was one that could have been playing here as his home stadium, but the Dolphins, you know what? They just cast too much doubt. They were too suspicious that his shoulder wasn't going to heal, and Brees didn't like the the attitude and the vibe. He said, New Orleans wanted me. Yeah, that's right. They wanted him. Sean Payton said, come down here. I will let you help me design this offense. I'd say it worked out pretty well in four years. All right, there you go. There's some historic audio from Super Bowl XLIV, brought to you by Mid-America Exterior, your local experts in siding, windows, bathrooms, and more. Hour number two straight ahead, we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes, and we'll vote on the movie that would never be made today, Twitter question. That's hour number two straight ahead. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.